A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the BFI Network podcast and I'm a Timber Kabalika. In May, development exec Anjali McFarlane came in and shared her brilliant thoughts, ideas and tips with a group of emerging filmmakers who'd submitted to the postroom. We just couldn't let the opportunity go by without making sure we grabbed it and popped it on a podcast for you. But we've broken it down into three chapters. You're welcome. It just means that you can factor in coffee breaks, trips to the loo and calling your mum in between hearing about how to develop your story. Let's join Anjali in screening room one in the basement of the BFI. And this episode, she talks about structure, people, places, problems and changes. Enjoy. Okay, so shall I start? When Matimbra and I talked about how we're going to make this day work, you know, we talked about this sort of idea of the anatomy of story and how we can talk about filmmaking and storytelling in such a way with you guys that we can really think about how, you know, what, what are ways that will unlock certain mechanisms in your thinking and in your development process that will help you as you move forward. Um, so... That's, that's what I'm doing is anatomy of story, or as I said, I wish I'd trained to be a doctor and then I'd earn more money and have a regular life, but hey. <laughs> or maybe not with this government, but anyway, that's another whole issue. Um, what we need to do is, we, what we're going to do is kind of wander through the process of storytelling today and look at sort of how I feel anyway about, about the issues that writers face. And when I mean writers, I also obviously mean writer-directors, but the director with the writing hat on is what, what are the issues that you face and how, how do we best approach the process? Where do you start? And I always ask the writers I work with, so what, what do you start with? Do you start with an image? Do you start with a setting? Do you start with a problem, a person? And when people say issues, I'm like, hmm. Okay, that's the trickiest one of all. It's not impossible, but it's the trickiest. But everybody has their own way in and everybody has to find their way in. But then once you've decided what it is that you think you want to write about, what, how do you then structure? your work? How do you structure the process in such a way that you're more likely to get where you need to go, A, quicker, and B, in a better way? And then once you've done it, how do you push through that material several times over? Because you have to in order to get it again to end up finally exactly where you want it to be, or as close as possible in terms of where you'd like it to be. So we've all read the screenwriting books, yeah? Yeah? Some of them? Most of them? I mean, I... Um, I run a, well, co-run a, a, a diploma course for the National Film School and one of the things that we do is get the students to read screenwriting books. It's about script development, so I've had to read them and then they keep coming. <laughs> so you have to keep reading new ones. Um, 
And one of the things that, that streamlining books are really big on is structure, 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 structure. How do you plot? How do you structure? So I want to look at that today. I want to look at not, it's not, it's not a dig or a denigration of anything that's out there, but it is thinking about how do you organize that material in your own head? What is the best way to approach some of the incredibly useful chapters and you know, books on, on things like that? And there seemed to be, well, not so much now, but there seemed to be a kind of big rush to, you know, to work out how many structures there are, what, how many story types are there, how many, how many ways can you kind of, you know, cut the cloth of a, of a, of a movie, which is sort of 90, 100 minutes, which in and of itself creates a restriction, which is both extremely useful and limiting. Um, so, you know, th th there seemed to be this kind of big thing, like, well, it's three, is it five, is it seven? I think John Truby said it was 22. You know, and all of those things, they're all really, really interesting because they all give us insight into the breakdown of how story is put together. But I think what matters more than anything is for us to understand what constitutes structure rather than how do you divide it up? Because the division of structure in storytelling terms for me is something that mostly is suited to the story and is not a generic thing. And therefore you are the best person to decide what is the best way to structure your piece. And given you're all extremely well versed in the notion of storytelling structure, then I don't worry about that. There's a point in the development of the project where I do worry if things are not working out, but I don't worry in early development because it isn't important then. It really isn't. And the idea of writing a beat sheet early on for me is anathema because for me, the way to get into story is not that way. And that's my way of doing things and I just can only be me in this context. Um, so does it matter? Of course it matters, but you've got to know when, when it matters. That's the thing about everything in life really, isn't it? Does it matter now to scream at your partner about putting the bins out? No, because the baby is in the washing machine, you know, by accident, by the other child. So is it ready? Is it, is it appropriate to scream? No, no. So right now that doesn't matter. So there's an order of events in which things matter. Sorry about the washing machine example. That's really horrendous. Sorry, I don't know why I brought that up. I sometimes say weird things. Okay, what does it matter when it comes to building a script? Well, obviously people, people and I kind of, I've deliberately used sort of non-film words here, you know, because the normal thing is character conflict. Blah, blah, blah. So I've just got rid of that for a second and gone, this is what matters. People, places, problems and change. That's what matters. That's what story is about. It's about people. And I think I like to think about my characters as people because not that you don't. I'm not saying that for a second, but they are people and they are people with whom I am having a relationship. And that, and that relationship is going to change and evolve over the course of the development, but it is a relationship. And therefore, if I see it in that way, rather than me constructing a character, then it, it helps me to recognize from the word go in the development process that, that this person that I have created is an entity in his or her own right, his or her own right. And therefore, that person needs the respect and the due diligence that is required for an entire human being that you have to treat um, in a way that is going to get the best out of them, right? Because that's what you want from your people. You want the best out of them. And if the best is terrible, that's, that's, not, that's not a moral judgment thing. It's not about what kind of person they are, but it's getting the best out of them in terms of what they need to do for your story to work. So that's a kind of way of looking at it. Places, um, there is nothing 
about a story that is going to work without the specificity of the story setting and the story world and the idea of there being generic story detail is again to me very problematic so when I hear or I read in the script could be anywhere and I go well maybe then my reaction is could be anything and that's not what you want from me what you want is a very specific reaction you want me to engage with your material in a very specific way you want me to have a certain reaction to the place to the problem to the person that you are in control of so if you're not in control of the shape of the story in the physical world then also I think it's much harder for a director and it does tend to be writers who do that rather than writer-directors, I have to say. Because um, writer-directors tend to know straight away that they can't film anywhere. They have to film somewhere. So that is a really important consideration for you. And, and problems. Okay, so characters have problems, right? And there are two types of problems, okay, that characters have. They have, and this is how story structure tends to divide up, and we'll, we'll come to that, and this is my big thing here really is that it's the problems that drive the story because characters have two problems they have the problems inside of themselves and the problems outside in the world and we like to talk about them in three ways really which is internal problems external problems and then interpersonal problems so that's the sort of the connectivity between the external problem and the internal problem are people so it's the it's the way we relate to each other that creates another level of a problem so if we think about our characters in that way straight away, we say to ourselves, well, my character cannot be acting all the time out of an internal problem because the audience will find that very hard to understand. If I'm filming a character going, I really hate my mother, I really hate my mother, it's like, while well, I throw a plate on the floor, how, how am I going to know? If I've just had a conversation with my mother on the phone and she's driven me crazy, yes, I get it, but that's, you've externalised it, you've made it interpersonal. It's no longer internal. Do you see what I mean? So there is a tendency, I think, sometimes for, for, for writing to drive a character's actions through their internal problems and therefore their internal need. And I would put it to you right now that actually nobody does that in the real world. You know, when we ask ourselves, why did I do that? We go, oh God, yes, and I've just suddenly remembered why. Prior to that, I had a really difficult phone call with so-and-so. And it made me go out and drink more pints than I should have done. But I didn't at the time think because I went to the party and I wasn't going to have fun. And then my mate was there and I hadn't seen him for ages. And I went, oh, you know what? And then I sort of, it turned into a whole other thing. Do you see what I mean? So what, what is driving the action is not the phone call or rather the internal need that creates the phone call. What's driving the action is meeting somebody who wants to drink with you. Do, do you see what I, I'm saying? And so we really do have to think very carefully about the audience's understanding of a character's problem and what causes them to behave in a certain way. So we'll come on to character in a minute, well in a little while, about half an hour, but the internal drive of a character acts as motivation, but the reason for acting is usually real world. So we need to make sure that our stories are doing both of those things at any given time. Now, Change, there has to be change. Movies are about transformation. Um, the nature of the moving image in and of itself is, I mean, I know that images don't move. The digital image doesn't move <laughs> quite the same way as, you know, the old movie image, you know, th moves through the, through the projector and that sort of sense of, of motion picture and movement is, is, is very kind of, it's very intrinsic in film language. And I think it's quite helpful 
leaving aside its reality and going back to its symbolism, it's really helpful to think about film storytelling at its very essence is about transformation. It's about moving, moving a character through space and time and filming them moving through space and time and telling us something as you move them through space and time that transforms our relationship with the person, that's movement number one, and transforms the character's relationship with the world, that's movement number two, and then movement number three is putting those two things together and creating an emotional experience that we didn't know we were going to have when the film started. Do you see what I mean? So it's all about movement. So if there is no change, there's no storytelling. That does not mean that your character has to change. That does not mean that you need a positive outcome. It does not mean that you need conclusive transformation. We're not, that's not what I'm saying at all. And that are, you know, you are, look to me like a really clever, quite well-established bunch of people in your own worlds. I can, I can sort of, I'm getting this vibe of, you know, I've done this before and I'm, you know, I'm, I want to listen, but I, I, I have a little bit of a, I've got a bit of a toolbox here. I do know what I'm doing, which is cool because I think what, what we can then bump into when we talk personally as well, really, really specifically is, well, I've had this problem. How, how do you, how would you have solved that? I did this on my last film and it didn't work out for me. How, in my script right now, blah, do you know what I mean? So we can be quite specific about stuff like this because the generic nature of, of talking about story can in and of itself be, you know, wonderful. But then you go, when you go, what, how do I, how do I apply that to my thinking? The Credible Emotive Ending is all about saying to your audience, that was the journey, it makes sense, so there's credibility there, and I give you this, this is my gift to you. And I walk out of the cinema feeling something, or I shut down my laptop having experienced something. And that's my gift to you, it's because that's what I do, right? If I'm a filmmaker, what, why am I a filmmaker? Because I want to give my audience something. That's not, I'm not doing it, hopefully to make my mum happy. I keep talking about mums, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> there is no other reason, I, I think, apart from that desperate, desperate need to say something. And then the job of making the film is to, is to find out how to say it. And then the job of actually completing the film is deciding how that communicates to the audience. So it's, to, it's just a process, isn't it, as we're all aware. Okay. So what is your real beginning point? How do you start? Okay, so I think there are various places that you start. As I said before, I think you recognize your building blocks. So we're not talking about structure, we're talking about building blocks. And I kind of like that because I'm kind of quite into the whole idea of using architecture and music. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To think about story because they're all in the way that we create is all interrelated. The way that the way that that we build music or we build build a ballet or or a dance or the way we build a building is all you know has it at its heart um, a desire to communicate and to express a need that is felt both in the person who is the creator and anticipated in the audience the user right so that's the bridge is between those two things and so we have to find a way to get there so what are the building blocks that might get us there so translating back what I was just saying into film speak, of course, is that people are your characters. So your building, your first building block may well be your characters. Um, and your second building block may well be your setting or, or story world, whatever you refer it to. Um, your third building block may well be the what if, the problem. Well, what if John, you know, decides one day he's going to do this and then this happens? So you start with a problem. You're not starting with action, you're starting with a problem. And that's what's really important to remember, is that what you don't then have to do is go, well, if that happens, then this has to happen, then that has to happen, and then that has to happen, and then that has to happen. And drive yourself crazy spending your early development days trying to work out how to connect the events. It's disastrous. Someone like me will come along and just go, do you know I did this once? I took a script in front of, in front of uh, some students and I tore it up. And uh, I did it very spontaneously. It wasn't rehearsed. I wasn't putting on a show. I can be a bit show, but that wasn't a show. And I did it to show them that it really didn't matter what they'd done because it was all in there. It was all felt. It was all understood. And, and yet, but the script really wasn't working and we didn't need the script to make the movie. So we had to start again. And I didn't anticipate the level of horror and shock that I would create. I really didn't. I mean, I learned a long time ago, for example, to never... You know, if I've got a script that I've printed, which I rarely do these days, sadly for my eyes, but better for the trees, um, is, you know, if I, when I do print out scripts, I learned many years ago never to write on them in red pen because that's very teacherly and it's like, you know, so, so you learn to sort of treat people's work in such a way that as perceived by the writer, you're not denigrating or disrespecting their efforts. So to tear a script up in front of a writer is, well, that's basically quite disrespectful, isn't it? But... Um, but I, as I said, I did it. I just did it. And, and, then, and then it took me quite a while to unpick my own behaviour and to sort of obviously seek forgiveness for, for this heinous act. Um, but I, I have to say, I, I, I reside by my, my intention, which was to make them understand that the, that the plot mechanisms by which they had laid out the story were not where the magic was at. And they could lose it and start again. And it wouldn't matter. They would still have... And in fact, that was my point. You need a better film. There's a better film in there. That's not the one. Get rid of it. Go away. We don't need you. Plus, of course, it's on their computers. So ripping it up is, is, is gestural. It's symbolic and not real. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do it again because having done it, obviously, and I am a nice person, I, I realised that that was not an appropriate way to behave. But, but it, it, the, pop, the, the point is made. Okay. So, 
problems. Uh, you know, the, the, there are sort of four stages of a problem in, in a movie, and this in and of itself creates your structure. So, so you know already sort of how you're going to, what structure is. So then you just fit plot to it. And I know that make that sound easy, but I will break that down in, in terms of how I feel about it, how I think when I'm working on scripts. So your problems are that you have a, you have a conflict to start if the what if sense happens, okay, now what? Okay, so the now what is then escalated into a series of events that will create a crisis for the character and probably more than one crisis. And the obvious crisis that obviously comes out of the original problem and other crises that don't, that are side crises, but they're necessary sidesteps in order to take the character back where they need to go, which will result in the world providing a focal point, a climactic point where everything needs to come together and the, and the crisis is addressed fully, followed by a resolution. You know, so I know this is, I didn't make this up. <laughs> um, I'm not being clever, this is, but this is essentially what your building blocks are. So when we come to look at structure, we need to think about how do you plot those and where are they? And it's quite interesting, for example, at treatment stage to do the, the right thing which, uh, in treatment writing, which is to get the story down. Who are these people? Where are they? What is the problem? How does it feel to be in their world? What is my relationship with the world? And let's sort of get them to the end and we can hop, skip and a jump over a few of the avenues that we're not going to go down yet because we don't know exactly how this is going to play out. Then what we can do is we can go back and having talked about that and discussed the characters' relationships with each other and inner need versus outer want, you know, all of those kinds of things that we talk about, we can do another treatment where we can actually say, okay, try and see if you can nail those turning points. Where are they? And have a look. Don't rethink it, just do it. And break your paragraph down of your treatment in such a way that, that it becomes clear where the conflict starts, where it escalates, where the crisis occurs, where the climax occurs and where the re resolution occurs. See if you can see where they are, okay? And in a short film, it's just truncated. It's no different, it's just, it's just there are fewer beats, inevitably, and one problem. That's my big thing about shorts. One problem, please. One big idea, one problem. Any other problems, they're, 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 they're interconnected. Give a character two problems, um, suddenly you've got half a movie and too much of a short film script. So you make your choice. Okay, and then back to the emotive ending thing. That's where you connect in with the audience. So the ending delivers. Okay, so the ending of the movie is not when the plot ends. The ending of the movie is when you say to the audience, and this is my gift to you. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is how it feels to be that person right now, having been through what they've been through, and I see them driving off in the bus, or I see them holding hands with their lover, or whatever it may be. That is the moment when I go, I get it, I feel it. I felt it all the way through, but now I, I feel it and I understand it. Yeah? So we connect heart and head in that moment. You know, because a, a lot of screenwriting is about back brain work. You know, a lot of screenwriting, a lot of the talking we do in development is all about the stuff that you're never going to see. It's all about informing what will be seen on the screen in such a way that everything is completely clear. Okay, that doesn't mean to say that it's not complex. Clarity does not necessarily denote simplicity. So... 
you know, because obviously I've been in this situation quite a lot talking to people and I know that people say to me, yes, but yes, but yes, but my story is different. It's much more symbolic than real. My story is this, you know, my story, I don't want a happy ending. I want an open, I go, yeah, that's cool. All of those things I can work with still using this structure because there's something much more important than the level of, you know, obviousness, if you like, versus ambiguity. Um, that a writer needs to employ, okay? It's a bit like that kind of Baudelaire thing, isn't it, of you, you, know, you learn the rules and then you break the rules. Um, but learn the rules and execute them and then break them, really, ideally, because that way you know that you're in charge of, of your breaking process. Okay, the writer's voice, it's my big thing. What am I trying to say? How am I using the tools of screenwriting to say it? How am I connecting to my potential audience? I want to start off with a bottom note that my voice is my primary tool. The anatomy of my voice is the anatomy of my stories. I worry a lot when people say to me, um, I want to do something different. And I go, different to who? Different to Iñárritu? Different to Jane Campion? Different to me? Different to your last film? What do you mean? Different to what? Are you saying that you want to be unique? and that you want to say something no one said before. What are you saying? What do you mean? There's nothing wrong with saying that, but you need to identify what do you mean by that? It's not okay to say that because it doesn't, it's, it's meaningless. It's like saying, I'm gonna make a film about love. All films are about love in some way. Well, the worst one is I'm gonna make a film about identity. Films literally always are about identity. <laughs> so that's not helpful to me. I go, yes, okay, what do you want to say about identity? So, so what do you want to say in, in terms of being different? What do you mean? How are you going to be different? You know, what is your intention? And is your intention to be unique? Because if it is, then I think you should stop trying right now. It's pointless. It's like me getting up in the morning and just pretending to be someone else. Why, why would I do that? I mean, I might do it for a laugh, confuse my kids, but... Uh, you know, as a storyteller, the most important thing I need to do is actually say, I do have a voice, what is it? What am I saying? And that's not sitting there being self-analytical in a, you know, I can't write if I don't know what I'm about type way, because I think the process of creating anything is a, is a process of feeling your way towards understanding yourself. And when you get to the end of that journey, you think, oh God, well, I've understood that about myself, but that, that throws up a whole heap of other questions about who I am and what I do and why I am the way I am. Oh no, I need to make another film, you know, or you know, make a piece of me, whatever I need to do, I need to, I need to do that, I need, it's the imperative, it's the, it's the drive, it's the creative drive is a need. It's not, you know, it's not a passion on its own. It comes from a deep-rooted need. I was working with someone the other day, a young writer, we were talking about this, about the process, about the discipline of writing, and she said to me, oh god, the writing bit's not a problem, I write every single day, I couldn't possibly not do that because otherwise I'd die. I went, that's what I want to hear. That's exactly what I want to hear. You know, so she knows already that she needs to write. And, and if she doesn't write, then there's something about her identity that is lacking. Therefore, she already knows that she has a voice, but she doesn't know how to use it yet. So the processes of understanding what it is. And that's partly the physicality of filmmaking, allowing you to have something concrete to say through your actors and the, the settings that you create. And, the way that you use the camera and the techniques that you use, et cetera, et cetera. So all the toolbox of filmmaking becomes, you know, a series of mechanisms through which your voice is projected. So as I said, you don't have to invent it, you have to find it. And as I said, I don't think it's necessarily going around saying, oh, this is my voice. This is saying, this is what I want to say. 
This is what I care about. This is what matters to me. This is why I am so exercised by things. You know, one of the things I say to filmmakers I'm working with, particularly when I'm teaching, is write about, you know, people say write about things you know about. Yeah, I think there's, there's value to that, particularly when you're starting out, perhaps. But I say write about things you care about. That's really important because if you need to go out and do the research because you actually don't know a great deal about fracking, for example, God help us if you make a film about fracking, but um, <laughs> I real, I've realised more and more as I've, the films that I've worked on and the writers and directors that I work with, the people that I work with and choose to work with again and again and again, is because everything they bring me, I don't necessarily know that I wanted to know more about that subject matter. But the way they bring it to me makes me want to know more because their connection to it is so strong and so meaningful already, even if they have no idea what they're trying to say about the subject matter. But there's something meaningful in their connection to it and their desire to see it realised that gets me excited about what they're trying to do. I mean, obviously, that's partly intellectual curiosity, but it's not just that. It's about trusting the voice of the person you're working with to use the rigour and the discipline and the effort that is required as a writer to get somewhere with the material and to shape it in such a way that it'll end up being interesting for the audience. That's the voice. So it's, the person's not saying to me, actually, please come round to my house and listen to my voice. No, they're saying, please come round. I've lighted, alighted on something and I really, I think it's great. I really think there's something in this. Do you agree with me? Let's have a look, let's dig around, let's see what it's doing. And this is really early days development where there's nothing, there's just a character or an idea, you know, a place and a person perhaps. And maybe there's more, you know, maybe there's a book I need to read. There's a process undergoing which is absolutely about my trust in that person using, using the story to find more avenues, more corridors, more chambers in which their voice can resonate, right? They don't talk about it like that, but I think about it like that because I know that that's what's happening. There are two more episodes from Angelie's talk. Thank you to Angelie, BFI Network team and producer Marie as always. There's more to read, watch and hear at the BFI Network website. And thank you for listening. You're always welcome to tell us what you think of our podcast because we make them for you. So tweet us at BFI Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.